0: The Listen Local show is made possible with support from our subscribers. For as little as $2 each month, you too can support local music, art, and creative people, places, and things in San Diego, Big Bear, and the high desert. We love Berkeley Sound and Zen Mastering for sponsoring the show. Thanks for listening.
1: I wish I had identified that there's a Trying to save our souls There's gotta be more To this life After all these years All I really know Is that music makes me feel alright And there's a love Us down the road Sometimes all we really need Is a lazy country melody Now the cranes are coming Bobcats arrive I'll build in heaven, just doing time. I've got my girl from Philly, we're doing alright. When the sun goes down, she sees the stars shine. When there's a love. So e it.
0: That was Low Wind Howling by Pat Kearns off of Down in the Wash, his 11-song collection that he recorded at his solar-powered studio in Landers, California. My name's Catherine. It is the Listen Local Show, and I have Pat Kearns in studio with me. Welcome, Pat.
2: Hey, thanks for having me here.
0: Thanks for coming. I'm a big fan of of this new collection. When did you put it out, Down in the Wash? Uh,
2: It came out last year, 2019, May of 2019, on a little Long Beach label called Astro lizard records
0: nice out of long beach yeah cool so tell me about the studio i'm dying to hear all about your solar powered situation
2: man that's a complicated story so i'm a professional recording engineer mixer mastering engineer i do all kinds of things audio related uh uh i used to have like a large you know decent sized facility in portland oregon and i lost it and we are in the process of uh replacing it with a proper place on our land, but uh, currently I've been working out of our cabin that we're living in, in the interim, which is not much bigger than your trailer, <laughs> maybe twice, yeah. two and a half times the size. Okay, uh, uh, Yeah, it's just a teeny little place, and uh, my wife, Susan, and I live there. Okay. And I work in a picnic table in the corner with my monitors set up on, a you know, the wide ends of the picnic table. Right. And uh, uh, have a bunch of outboard gear. And it, the cabin's too small to do much tracking Kay. in, although I, I tracked down in the wash. Everything was done there. That's so cool. But that was, like, kind of part of the challenge. Uh, and it was... Uh, uh, you know a little touch and go because there's drums on the record and we cut things live yeah we didn't i tried to do it the way because i thought oh, I'll, like nothing will work i'll just have to uh overdub everything in this cabin yeah like, there's no way we can get everybody in here right playing and i started doing it that way and the songs were coming out really uh, uh i just didn't enjoy listening to them okay and so uh, we gave it a try. Of I had Tim uh, from Tim Chenock from uh, the Adobe Collective came over to the house, and me and Susan and him played his little trio with me on acoustic guitar, Susan on bass, either upright or uh, electric, and Tim played drums, and he played them really quietly. And I kind of there was this weird glass like wall three part wall that the previous owner left behind with windows in it yeah i set that up in my corner to kind of give the acoustic guitar a little isolation and Mm -hmm. we cut all the vocals live too like in that setup that's crazy and so it was like yeah a challenge you had to make sure it was actually going to work uh we never this never happened but we were always concerned about like tim overplaying just being too loud and then it was like can't really right control it i only had one song where uh and I don't know what happened there, but for whatever reason, the hi-hat was, like, crazy. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, getting on the vocal or anything like that. It was just hard to deal with on the set. We,
0: so you know. are you completely off the grid then? Mm-hmm. Live- well,
2: I'm on the water grid. Okay. We're on Bighorn water. <laughs> I get water there, which okay. is, is good because water's a, another difficult thing in the desert. Yeah. You can have a well. Yeah. But, uh I'm not sure what the situation. Nobody out in my little area has a well. Right. Uh, But we're on the water. We're completely off uh, the electric grid. That's so cool. Uh,
0: So what brought you guys out here from Portland?
2: I lost my studio. Okay. Uh, They, uh, it didn't actually take my building out, but all around my building, uh, on like two of the three sides of my studio, they uh, knocked everything down. It was like a city block. They knocked everything down and then built this Mm. giant six-story condominium thing with people were like like the way they built it it went up and over my studio kind of thing so all the balconies were looking like right down on my roof which I'd never bothered to soundproof at that point so that was going to be a situation it was right next to the interstate and the uh train track all the train tracks max (laughs) and the, the freight train and everything yeah and so I never thought, like, that would be an issue. But uh, they did that, and they moved in. Like, one of the things they did is excavate the side of the hill right next to my studio to put underground parking. Oh, wow. So as soon as they began construction, like, uh, it was pretty much yeah over for me. Yeah. Uh, they're doing what I did. And so we'd kind of seen the situation coming because— it was pretty easy to see the gentrification, the thing right. happening. happened. You could see the buildings, like, coming up the street. Yeah. I was on 28th Avenue uh, and Sandy Boulevard, and you could see, uh, you know, it was like 11th, 12th, 13th. Right. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, my God, it's coming. Oh, okay. And then somebody tried to buy me out of my lease mm-hmm. at one point, and that was the part that really, it didn't happen, like, with my landlord. I would have had no control over it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh uh that didn't happen but it was enough to of a warning that we started to make an escape plan of coming down here and doing this
0: and why here had you been out here before
2: i've been out here when i was a kid and it was just a place that i knew i work with people from all over the world mm-hmm. and i knew like one of the fears that we had i wanted to own the studio or own more of it and be able to you know and this is like weird business stuff but also be able to keep more of the percentage of the expenses on the records i was working on and, uh, so I wanted to own the building, yeah. uh, and I couldn't do that in, in Portland and I couldn't even get myself in another lease situation mm-hmm. that would, uh, uh, like w- nothing was secure. Right. Like I couldn't imagine like, like the way gentrification, the way every, the city was just getting rolled over. Yeah. Like the only safety was to own it. Right. And. It was, you know, just didn't seem like there was a safe place to rent. Right. Uh, but coming down here, uh, things were, you know, we could we could make it work mm-hmm. by selling our house, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, things were more affordable. Like in in the, you know, the the amount of investment to get it going, you know, absolutely. Uh, you get, you know, we ended up buying five acres. Nice. You know, five acres in. The city of Portland, right. like I just can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I would need five acres, yeah. but like it was just, you know, it was uh, just a a much safer way, and I felt like, you know, it's just ultimately about having control of our future, our, our our destiny. Especially
0: with a studio with so much, you know, you have to build so much in there that you know it's. Well, that's it's, my it's fear. An like
2: once. I things that I'd gathered so much stuff and it become so established that mm-hmm. it was uh, I really needed the place to run for at least five years to really be putting myself back in a better financial situation. Right. And ten, like I was in my last place, j- just over ten years. Okay. And so uh, that just seemed unimaginable yeah. in that that situation yeah. that we were in yeah. there.
0: So how long have you been out here?
2: We've been out here. We bought a house out here that precipitated all this about six years ago okay. in Joshua tree. And then we bought the land five years ago, uh, the, the, that we live on now okay. where we live and where the new studio is going. Okay. Um, and we've been living out here. Like we basically like tried to get as much done here. Cause <laughs> you couldn't even move into the cabin. Like, yeah. like when we got it. But yeah. And so we had to get things done, but we also tried to get as much done out here before, uh, basically time ran out in portland sure and so as soon as like it was when when, i mean it was really funny they came to me because i was i'd done a lot of research because i was trying to be proactive and they were really scared like i got the cops called on me just by going to the architect's office Wow. i was like and all i wanted to know was like hey when are you gonna build (laughs) like when are you gonna begin yeah because like at that point like I got to get out of here. And I didn't want to be in a situation where I had four or five months of stuff booked. And like it turned my life had been a scramble uh, partly because of them up to this. And so I just wanted to know. I went to the architect's office and they called the cops on me. (laughs) I mean, it was just like, but that was the the tension between neighborhoods and and people. They were like, oh, he has the business. It's too bad. You know, call the cops, get him out of here.
0: So yeah. when do you think you'll have your studio build
2: out here? Really soon. I'm gonna Good. be. I, this I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but I think I'm turning the power on this week. Oh, sweet! It's solar power. Once the power's on, it's sort of a game changer. Uh, we're closing down on things like uh, the cloud uh, in the mixing room. It's a big facility. I got a big room, and mm-hmm. so we had to cloud. know, I mean, that was part of the plan. But cloud the uh, the the mixed spot down, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's been an undertaking because, well, it was a plan to have something like that there. I can't say we exactly designed it uh, in the onset, so it's been, we've had a lot of design on the fly, things going on in the building, but I don't know. That's the spirit of the desert to a degree. I I hit all our permits and everything, like, you know, we were clean and and smooth with the county because... uh, You have to uh, be. Well, you got to be, and I'm just not going to... Yeah, we're yeah. not going to fight any of that.
0: Right.
2: Uh, that's just dumb. And so that, that's why it takes a little while. Cool. So we, we've been working on that for five years.
0: What will it be called?
2: It's going to be called Goat Mountain. Cause okay. Because we're, we're right by Goat Mountain. Beautiful. And so I, my studios, all of them, uh, for one reason or another, except for the very first one. I have no idea why that one was called what it was called. But uh, all were named after their location. Nice. So...
0: Let's hear another song. I have selected Follow the Light. Can you tell me a little about that one?
2: That one is about living in our cabin in a way. So when we got this cabin, it had a solar setup in it. And it became, doing a little research, it became really obvious that to get the power over to the cabin or the the new studio, it was going to be... Uh, more money than we paid for all the land in the current cabin on there wow. <laughs> or whatever. It was a chunk of cash. Yeah. And so, uh, and it's a chunk of cash because they make you, you know, I'm pretty sure you got to pay that up, up front. Right. And so the cabin anyway had this little crummy, like from the late 80s, early 90s, RV uh, solar setup in it. But I'd seen, you know, I figured people were on solar out here, and I'd seen, like, cabins out there and mm-hmm. things. I was like, people are off-grid. This is no big deal. Yeah. And I'd seen the guys driving around town with their, you know, call me solar. Yeah. I'll hook you up. <laughs> so I called all those guys. As soon as I even mentioned that we were living in Landers, they were, were not coming. Right. Like Like, well, then when we got to the off-the-grid thing, like, they usually just laughed and hung up on me. <laughs> I finally got a hold of this guy, but he was in Boston, Massachusetts oh, wow. who would actually talk to me. And he he was just like, "Man, said, how did you get yourself into this?" and he talked to me for a little while. And I was, you know, by now mad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he uh uh said, "Dude, you got to you're going to just have to learn to do this yourself. It's not you can do it. It's wow. not that hard." And I and so you know, you start reading everything, and I'd done some things like you know when I was in physics class in college, had a little <laughs> solar panel, got yeah. a light going, and things. So I knew knew some stuff. I was good at at things like that. Yeah, and I would have repaired out of necessity a lot of my own gear. I'm not an expert of it here, mm-hmm. but it was like you know I know a little bit of the the dangers of electricity and uh, and that it you know you don't have to be scared of it if you uh, right. Uh, use proper safety measures and so we started fixing this thing and it took a number of trips because at this time we were living still in Oregon oh wow and uh uh, and so we would come down uh every like four or five weeks and be at the cabin for like four or five days Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and uh trying to fix things and I think it took me four or five trips before about the fifth trip before we got it working and it was amazing I got got it on figured out what the issue was, why we kept blowing things up. <laughs> and and uh, uh, the first thing that happened, because we didn't know it was going to happen, like I got it on. is was like, is it working? Yeah. I run in the cabin and the ceiling fan is oh, like just like yeah. starting to nice. crank up. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, you know, so we're flipping lights on and off, light switches and things are going on. And uh, Susan's really happy and doing a dance yeah. we got all excited and so you you know you get something like that going you're gonna have a celebration yeah and so susan drove to town and uh got a bottle t- a bottle of tequila nice. and some oranges and limes and uh and you know we we prepped the party kind of thing but when she was on her way back into the whole morongo basin where we live uh this huge storm like came through the pass and it was just, it was weird. It just snuck up on everybody. Wow. This is in October Mm. about three years ago. And, uh, uh, this thing, uh, rolled in and, uh, it was at sunset time and the sky got strange and then it broke open and there was lightning and thunder and rain and uh uh wind and it was just this crazy storm ball lightning dancing across the sky uh two lightning bolts struck so close to our cabin that it shook all the dishes in our in our little cabinets kind of thing and uh uh, Susan was so scared she ran into the bathroom <laughs> yeah. at one point. It was really I, mean, I was really scared too yeah. or whatever, but I always laugh about that because at one point uh our bathroom the wall the wall was barely finished at this point so it was enclosed on the outside. Yeah. At one point it was just like whew, Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was a very uh, I just thought it was an odd choice of rooms <laughs> to run to at that point. But um yeah, all all that happened and so this song is sort of about that incident a bit or inspired by it it's not verbatim but that's the inspiration behind it we went to the pub the next day my neighbor from about five miles away yeah not quite that far about two and a half across the on the other hill uh he could even see that we had lights during the storm all the power went out in landers so he was like oh my god i'm getting a beer he's like
1: (laughs) dude
0: nice all right this is follow the light by pat kearns was some local radio show. the Light by Pat Kearns off of Down in the Wash. Catherine Beeks here with Pat Kearns in the green room. Talking about your amazing production history, you are uh, on Wikipedia. Mm, I found you there and um, some of the cool stuff that you've done in Portland. Uh, Your band Blue Skies for Black Hearts. A bunch of songs were in movies and TV and all that good stuff. Tell me about that.
2: That was awesome. It was kind of an accident. Uh, it just started out as my studio project. I'd done a whole collection of things. Like after I rented other studios, I'd bring my little, it was back in the days where not everybody had pro tools right. or whatever. I didn't have pro tools in the late nineties at my studio. I got it right. in the early 2000s sometime, mm-hmm. but I had this uh little portable reel to reel 16 track Fostex machine. I'd take it from studio to studio and back to my studio and whoever I was working on, like I would get their session musician to stay after. Or, you know, somebody I like to stay after and help me out with my thing, press the buttons or play a guitar part or that kind of thing. And I had this collection of songs, and we mixed it Tiny Telephone in San Francisco because I was friends, and still am, but uh, friends with John and working for John Vanderslice. And uh, it was amazing how it turned out. It turned out better uh, than I thought. My girlfriend at the time was a DJ on the radio, and so I picked up band members because she played played it on the radios, just like, you know, a yeah. hey, and people would call in and then find out it was, a, you know, somebody that lived in their town. That's cool. And I was like, oh, he's the bass player in that cool band? Yeah. Like, see if he wants to get together and play. Nice. You know, and I picked up a guy that way, and I picked up another guy that I met through Vanderslice at a show who was just a Vanderslice That's a fan. a way to build a band. It was an accident. It just kind of the, a, accumulated and over a couple... Because I kept the project rolling. That was the first album that, like, I kind of came across both those guys. and uh, uh, The guy who I met through John, he became the guitar player in the band and he played on everything else yeah. for, that we ever did. And, That's cool. And then, uh, kind of, I think it was about the... It was the third album that was recorded, but the second album that was released, It start, we started to get picked up for, like... Uh, uh, Nike in store yeah, installations, and then it, it just like it was weird. Things snowballed from there, and mm-hmm. it, it we had a good run, nice, but, you know.
0: You guys aren't playing anymore,
2: no, no. Uh, it ran its course a little bit. I kind of, I don't know, artistically, want to do something different at the moment. It's not, I wouldn't put it out of my thing, but the way that it's built, it's not something, um like I need other people the way the songs are like the beach boys or girl groups the way they're put together yeah so there's a lot of call and response or you need a whole other vocal parts that like not one person can handle right or things like that and uh uh rather it's just like a lot of work to start that from the ground up oh my gosh yeah then have something that people like. If I have parts like that, they can kind of do almost whatever they want, yeah, and it's cool, yeah, uh, instead of like the way that that all has to uh function, uh, but yeah, um, that's that's kind of what happened. I, I can't I can imagine that we might do something someday, but nice. it just hasn't been, yeah, at the top of my mind gotcha. lately.
0: So you're playing solo mostly, and and mm-hmm. also do you play with Susan?
2: Yeah, Susan S- plays bass with me.
0: Twiggy Pop?
2: Yeah, that's what she's known as on but Facebook. Um Yeah, and that was just kind of fun, too. She didn't play ever in any of my bands or anything like that. It was something that, um, you know, it's funny how that developed. Uh, I, you, I often, like, bounce things off. I'll go to other people. I went to my friend Greg O'Dell, who's a fantastic drummer, and I, I was working on my first solo album called So Long City. And uh, uh, I was stuck on, I w- had these four songs that I felt like, uh, and I had this new song, which became the title track, So Long City was the main one, Okay. that I was like, I really want to do something with this. I think it needs to be more than just guitar, harmonica, and voice, but I don't know quite like can I bounce this off you, Greg? And I went over to his basement because we all basements in Portland. Yeah. And he has his drum set down there. And Greg's amazing. He's like a drum historian. Mm, nice. and he's just incredible. He teaches, and that's all he does mm-hmm. is drum. And uh, we played it together. And he told me he's like we it needs upright bass. He'd like, be really cool with like you, you, me, and upright bass. And uh, so my first thought was to hire this guy who uh, was always a session musician in my uh, studio. His name's Alan Hunter, and he plays with the Eels and uh, Catherine Clare and a whole bunch of really great people. He's mm-hmm. just, like, awesome. Whenever I had him out in the studio on a session, like... He never made the same mistake twice, right. like, or whatever. Yeah, so it was yeah. like, he'd, I always get these guys that make clunk it, like, in the same spot, <laughs> and then i got to fix it later. <laughs> Alan wouldn't do that. Nice. I have takes. Yeah, yeah. Usually he wouldn't make any mistakes. Yeah. I mean, he was just amazing. He was so solid. Nice. He is so solid. and uh, But he was booked up. He was like, I don't remember what he was doing, if it was something with the eels or something, but he was, like, gone for uh, six months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's was like, I don't really, like want to wait six months to uh, cut this thing. I was like, I kind of want to take care of it now. It was one of the later... This is the last group of stuff to be recorded for that album, too. And we... My wife had had an upright bass, but not really played it for years, and it sat in our living room. Mm -hmm. I always, as a studio person, was like, oh, no, don't sell that. Like, we might need that someday. (laughs) And uh, we would mess around with it, like, you know... After a few glasses of wine or that kind of thing. Like, you know, but never seriously for years and years and years. But since Alan couldn't do it, it was like, it was funny. Susan was the obvious, like, next choice. Nice. uh, With all things considered. Uh, And uh, so it was, uh, but the counter with that was that uh, we just have to practice more. Yeah. And so me, Greg, and Susan practiced a bunch of times and... Uh, we cut those first songs, and we were really happy the way they turned out. And it, uh, it never turned around That's from there. Cool. She's continued to play. I and, love it. Uh, sometimes we play like you know, most of the time when it's just it's just me and her. But a lot of times it's just me. Sometimes it's the two of us and mm. a few other people. Yeah, uh, it's
0: nice to have that variety.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's what I'm really enjoying most about not having the band or yeah. having it be my name. Yeah, is it's given me more leeway. As soon as I put on a band, band name on it even if we get the drummer after that and it's like you got to like every time you use that name I feel like you out of respect you got to ask him you I know gotcha. yeah, yeah are you free for this right, game right uh, and I'm really happy with having this freedom nice. right now of just kind of like oh yeah we'll do it that way yeah. you know
0: so will you be playing solo on the 18th in Wonder Valley?
2: We're going to be playing as a duo. A duo. Okay, Yeah, great. we will be as a, a duo. The next couple gigs we're, we're playing, I believe, as a duo. I'm not sure about cool. February.
0: The January Played. 18th uh, gig, is it Palms? The Palms? The Palms.
2: Nice. You have been there yet? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I
0: heard all about it, though. It's amazing. Nice. It's in a
2: bunch of movies. Love it. It's uh, uh Oh, it's, it's that place. I've
0: talked to Kevin a few times. He's online the sweetest. He's the to best. Him. Yeah,
2: they're really all those those folks out there are really nice and Ronnie Ruff. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know that place. I, it's just like so unexpected. Yeah. There's nothing out there. Yeah, I don't know. Landers has a kinship I feel with Wonder Valley. But Wonder Valley's like the weird kid brother to Landers or it. something. <laughs> like it's like, like it's even further out there. It's great.
0: Nice. Okay, let's play Time Won't Stop Running. Tell me about that song.
2: <laughs> it's about the cabin or inspired by the cabin, but it's different like when I first came to Landers and I first like spent time at our cabin without getting it, uh, I don't want to get all like new agey and crystally and, and stuff it. like that because it's not really totally me. But <laughs> there was something that was very different there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the thing that I could quantify of it that I could is that time seemed to pass differently. Mm-hmm. <sighs> not really slower, but it was like more could happen right in a period of time. You could squeeze more in. And the other observation, I don't see it so much, but it was like everything was shifted a little red, too. Okay. And it was just very magical, and I had time for the first time in my life for many years after moving there to just sit Yeah. and be, yeah. like, chunks of time. And uh, that's, this song is uh, kind of inspired by that about revelations that I had in that mm-hmm. that I was having about that experience because that, that experience was happening while I was still living in Portland but then it was also part of the song is a conversation between uh, a friend of mine and myself that we were having where uh, I just noticed that he was like yeah I'd do that but like you know and it was like ex- excuses or whatever yeah and it was sort of between the two things of the way time is and the way i was beginning to perceive it because i now i perceive it in a different way yeah i consider my time in a a different way than i i did previous uh to this change but also and it, it weighs in often when i'm thinking about things like you know am i creating blocks while i'm not getting this done or Mm-hmm. Or is there a reason mm-hmm. like i in, because sometimes waiting around for something is intentional too, mm-hmm. so it's it's all those things wrapped up into this song.
1: Your cards down and fall Don't run out of time Don't run out of time 'cause time won't stop running for you. You. Cause time won't stop running for you Cause time won't stop running for you
0: That was Time Won't Stop Running by Pat Kearns off of his Down in the Wash collection of songs. Where can people pick that up?
2: Uh, it's on... All the digital streaming platforms, you can find it everywhere there. Okay. If you want to get a copy, a physical copy, mm-hmm. uh, there's supposedly vinyl coming out of Down in the Wash nice. uh, at some point, but uh, the record label I have that's doing that uh, mm-hmm. has just been delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's called Tough Break. Yeah. Uh, they're out of Oakland, but part of that delay is they are actually relocating to... Uh, the Morongo Basin somewhere. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yucca Valley, I think he told me. I can't remember. Nice. Uh, uh, so they're on their way. Uh, but if uh, go to my website, Pat Kearns Music, K-E-A-R-N-S, uh, com, and uh, there's a merch thing on that. Okay. And we'll mail worldwide.
0: Nice. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the high desert for the uh, folk songwriter Scene and the art scene in general. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I'm amazed at at it's how supportive the community is. uh, That there's places there's places for singer songwriters to play here, and I I don't mean to knock uh, other towns or whatever, but it's almost encouraged. Like it's not unusual to catch uh, somebody with an acoustic guitar and singing songs with you know minimal accompaniment. At Landers Brew or the Palms or First World, uh, there's there's and those are all like places that are also where people go to listen to music. Right. Like really, like uh, you're not background. Like, Listening People rooms, are into it. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: First World I heard is amazing. I haven't been there yet.
2: So I'm playing there in February. Nice. Uh, it'll be February 22nd. I don't know what our lineup is going to be yet. Okay. Susan and I keep discussing it. It's going to be at least the two of us, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't I might want want to add we'll see what happens <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it looks like you have a nice selection of folks to choose from around here, so that's good cool.
2: oh, ah, it's it's amazing. I can't believe the time i'm just on my record on down in the wash uh I mean, you know uh, I had both Tim and Faith from the Adobe Collective, Tim played drums, and faith sang and. Uh, Joe Garcia played wonderful guitar all over the record, and, uh, Luke Dawson from RF Shannon, he, uh, uh, played some beautiful pedal steel and, uh... Bobby Fergo uh, came over and he played, I have an old Lowry organ from oh, the nice. early 70s that wow. was my my buddy's grandmother's. Mm, cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, he came over and played that on a couple songs. And I think that's everybody. If I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife, Susan, she played all the bass.
0: Yeah. Once Goat Mountain Studio is up and running, how do folks get in touch with you if they want to come record with you?
2: Right now, you just got to track me down through the internet. Um, in between websites for, I closed the website down for my last studio, Permapress recording in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, uh, once this one, we, you know, it's really funny. There's so many things that I just told myself I'm not going to start doing. And this is part of the point of don't run out of time too. Of like, you know, am I blowing this off cause I'm procrastinating or am I blowing it off for a good reason? Yeah. And I was not going to start in on working on my website or, uh, 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 several other things to do with the new studio until the power goes on Mm -hmm. like physically Mm. on and that's uh, a day or two from now so I'm very anxious uh, uh, to get working on these things but it just didn't I didn't want to do a website for the cabin because I thought it would be uh, confusing uh, to some people that were first trying to find me Yeah. of like you know when I'm trying to sell like no it's a big proper space I'm seeing this like tiny thing you can get confused in pictures very fast
0: (laughs) yeah for sure um i was i was really curious about the exploding hearts i don't know if that's something you want to talk about
2: it's hard to talk about but i'll talk about it to a degree and i'll tell you if like i'm like nah i'm just not gonna go there
0: i know that i i saw that you had recorded uh guitar romantic Mm the very last uh
2: the only, really, the only real album. It was, yeah, yeah, because okay. the second album, "You're Shattered," is mainly like a collection of singles and outtakes.
0: Okay, so tell me about the Exploding Hearts. Who were they?
2: Uh, uh, this is this is the part that actually is the hardest for me, or whatever. Uh, they were going to be probably one of the biggest bands of the that decade, like you know, and maybe all time, wow. but they got shorted. Uh, they passed away about 3 4 months or so after their first album came out uh it was an and uphill it was so s- highly acclaimed that record. yeah and it was real sort of <laughs> <laughs> i hesitate <laughs> on this it was real hype uh but it was also like uh adam was a genius at at, at like i think adam po- adam was the main like front man of the band Mm -hmm. and he posed as multiple people on the internet and hyped the band that way like and he'd get people on on uh uh, what were those boards we used to have chat rooms or whatever he'd get people like (laughs) arguing about the band on these (laughs) musician aficionado music original fake news yeah he was totally ahead (laughs) of the curve he's amazing uh but that was one of the ways they got the word out about the band whatever but but when people heard it like people went uh crazy yeah And it was, uh, just, uh, you know, they were a bunch of scrappy kids, uh, you know, I guess they were about, you know, eight, 10 years, 11 years younger than me, somewhere in that Mm -hmm. 12. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, we just made a record that it felt really special when we made it Mm -hmm. and we made it in my little, you know, first studio called studio 13 in Portland and, uh, like it was like even before getting to record it i mean i people who were our mutual friends were like oh you're going to be doing the hearts record you know you're going to love that that's yeah. you know that's going to be a good record and it was just so odd that everybody knew that cuz it was a very punk rock was very aggressive at that time yeah. we were all in the this punk scene and portland was a very rough port town you know and so there was no like melody or doing what they were doing Really, I mean, a few people were doing it, but it was like the, there was a schism between, uh, you know, people like Elliot Smith and uh, and the Exploding Hearts, and I sort of like, I think I got the job because I I rested right on that yeah. schism, and yeah, it was just things were going. They played their first couple of shows out of town, they rolled the van and died, and so. But, you know, they got some acclaim even before they passed. Uh, uh, My favorite one uh, was Maximum Rock and Roll, which uh, I think just recently folded. Uh, But they, you know, it was like a major punk magazine for me growing up, people on the West Coast that were in that scene. Yeah. And they put them on the cover oh, of wow. the magazine is for album of the year wow. with the quote that said probably best album of the last five years. Nice. Too. It was like it was like that album kind of like connected with so many people in that way that they had that reaction to it. Yeah. And it seemed really. It was like one of those. It, it happens more often now. I hear these records where you're like, God, is that new or is that recorded a long time ago? Yeah. But it was one of those first records that was timeless. Hmm. In that way of this modern era where you weren't really sure like when exactly it came from it was just you know it was beautiful beautiful record
0: guitar romantic by the exploding hearts check it out you guys all right let's uh play one final song and you get to pick it pat tell uh, me about
2: it <laughs> let's do uh we've done three from down in the wash yep can we do one one from so long city totally Let's do uh, When You're New to Town, which was the first song on my album, So Long City. Okay. And uh, it's just things I think about. I still feel new to my town to some level.
1: Always on the move, never making new ground Can't quite call it home When you're new to
0: Town by Pat Kearns off of So Long City. Great song. So Long City's available still. Folks can oh, buy yeah. that as well.
2: All, all the same places. I, I, I'm I coming down to my last few physical copies okay. of that one of CDs. No but, one has
0: a CD player anymore anyway. You know,
2: I still sell them. Uh, I sell <laughs> a lot of them. And I like them. I buy them, but I buy them for... Uh, uh, it's really funny. Uh, they're the best sounding thing to me, but I buy them because uh, I'm a mastering engineer. Okay. And so, like, I often... Uh, It's a pain out here. Like, when I need something, I need it, I order it off Amazon. Right. Uh, But uh, generally, like, I'll end up at Amoeba or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, buy, like, you know, the last five best-sounding CDs I've heard that have come out that year Mm -hmm. to try to see... Cause I could take it and put it on my meters and look at it, All right? The the fi- yeah, thing, and it just yeah. tells me a lot of information about yeah. what we're doing. Like, are, are are we getting louder at this point? Or are we finally backing off? Are we, you know, uh, you know, it, it's been things have mellowed out, but things got crazy a few years ago, where uh, 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 it just really the the different trends that were happening. Yeah, well, a lot of punchy bass. Yeah, it was cool. Nice. But, yeah,
0: I like it. So, besides getting the studio up and running, what is your immediate goal for the next year?
2: To get the studio up and running. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I have my hand in a bunch of things right now. I'm selling solar panels as well
1: on the side because I got
2: into this that way. So, if you need solar power uh, on grid or off grid, come talk to me. Awesome i'm good for that too and uh don't if you're not in the state of california i'm in five different states so and expanding uh just call me wonderful yeah uh so a lot of things like that but main the studio is my main focus i'm sure that i'm i never stop writing and i'm working on an idea or whatnot for a new collection of songs a new album uh and I'm sure with the new studio, like, the, one of the main reasons this happens is i got to try it out, mm-hmm. too, because uh, if you're just the engineer all the time, you never find out that the left side of the headphones is completely messed up right. when you go up there. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to do a little both uh, so that it's a better experience for everybody. Nice. But, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at with
0: that. Cool. And you'll still be playing some shows here and there.
2: Absolutely. I don't know how much touring I'm going to do. That's the thing we're talking about now. If I'm forced to go somewhere, I always add shows. Yeah. So that's that happens. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, I'm, I am have no plans of really being outside of Southern California until late July. And uh, I go up, I work a festival up in Oregon uh, uh, in August, but... Maybe we'll do some dates then, but nice. I don't know. We'll see.
0: All right. Well, folks, we'll have to catch you on January 18th in Wonder Valley, along with James Elliott Jones. And who else is playing that? Lauren
2: Downer, who okay. I haven't seen yet, but but uh, J.J. is telling me he is awesome, nice. so I can't wait to check him the out.
0: The Palms. Is that a, a ticketed show, or how does that work?
2: You know, <laughs> it's probably show up at the door and pay. Okay. I don't think it's very much. I think it says, like, five bucks on the poster. Awesome. It's in the middle of nowhere. I think the way... J.J. and I've had this discussion. Usually when I do shows, I put on... He puts them on down at the Palms. I put them on up at Lander's Brew. And I figure if you're going to drive all the way out there, uh, I'm not turning you away for not having the cash in your pocket or whatever. Like, come on in. Like, do this. We can work... You know, if you really love the music... I'm sure you can figure out a way of taking care of us nice. uh, and uh, uh, uh so the, I'm sure that this is a, a similar kind of situation Super uh, cool. The palms is you know man, it's such a destination. I mean for some people it's going to take them hours to get there right. So.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's even an hour from from me here. Yeah, it's
2: well, it's got to be more than an hour for you because it's forty five minutes. Oh, from, from me. Landers, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, wow.
0: And then um, First World, uh, you'll be playing there yeah. in February.
2: February twenty second, okay. it's Saturday night.
0: Uh, and that's a big Quonset hut. Kind yeah, of thing.
2: it's awesome. Bobby First is an artist, uh, uh, a sculptor, uh, a welder, uh, a collector of. Desert refuse, nice. <laughs> and, and he—you know—turns it into art. Yeah, and it's—it's—he's incredible, and he's created this place with Quonset huts and cement pads and trailers and—you uh, know—giant wood beam. Mm. structures that that create uh like second floors inside the quonset hut yeah things like that he's got a great stage great sound system it's theater seating uh it's the vibe uh it's just amazing there Uh, it's just like a beautiful place to be even before the music happens and you know music in that kind of environment is uh, always a a special thing
0: absolutely well, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. And really nice to meet you. I a big fan of your music and looking forward to hearing more of your work and checking out the new studio when it's ready.
2: Yeah, pretty soon. Uh, once that light goes on, once that power goes on, uh, I think about two months before awesome. we, we start actually working in there. Very so. cool.
0: All right, Pat Kearns, thank you so much for coming in.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: The Listen Local show is made possible with support from our subscribers. For as little as $2 each month, you too can support local music, art, and creative people, places, and things in San Diego, Big Bear, and the high desert. We love Berkeley Sound and Zen Mastering for sponsoring the show. Thanks for listening.